0: Welcome back, everyone, to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am super excited that you're joining us uh, in this venture as we do life together. Uh, so uh, we are in the middle of a three-week uh, I'm sorry, four part series. We're on week three is what I want to say. And, uh, if you are just joining us, I encourage you to go back, uh, the last couple of weeks and, and kind of play catch up and listen to the last couple of podcasts. So you know where we're going with with this series um, because it's, it's been a great series. We've had a lot of comments, uh, a lot of questions, um, not only through our podcast, but on our uh, Sunday morning services and things like that. So uh, it's been a, a good feedback from people that uh, can relate to what we've been talking about. And what we've been looking at is the four big choices that uh, if we intentionally and prayerfully, uh, if we make these, uh, some big things can happen. And so why are we doing this? Well, because when you think about life, okay, and think about the things that we do, what are we now? Well, essentially, we are the sum total of the choices that we have made, okay? And if you think about it, the choices that we're making today will determine who we become and what we can do tomorrow. You know, we're talking about I choose. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about next week before we dive into this week. I really believe that almost anybody and everybody can significantly be impacted by next week, because I would bet a lot of you are like me. You've got so many urgent things grabbing your attention right especially around the holidays uh, Thanksgivings in a week and a half and then Christmas is right around the corner and it's not about the the gifts and all the chaos with that it's it's literally spending time with family and doing your job and, and you got to be at this place and you got to be at that place and and all these things are going on right and so we're going to talk about a very important message we're going to choose the important over the urgent. Okay, so today, though, uh, to introduce our theme, I want to tell you something that I've learned from many pastors and teachers that I've been told that I always or should always start a message with a positive tone, with some kind of interesting hook. Okay, like a like a story, something that's going to grab your attention. But whatever you do, never start a message with a negative. Okay, never start with a negative. Well, I'm going to break that rule today. I'm going to start with a negative, so I hope you are ready for this, okay? I hope you are. You are going to experience a lot of pain in this life, right? We all know that. We're going to experience, uh, experience pain, and so uh, you're, we're all going to have to go through this, and the reality is a lot of the pain that we experience will be outside of our ability to control. Jesus even said this. He said in John 16:33, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. A lot of times, it's not your fault. Uh, you might get in a freak accident, or somebody you love betrays you and hurts you, or maybe your company downsizes, and now you're looking for a new job, or maybe your kid comes home with a cute little kitten. Uh, a lot of pain will happen in your life and beyond your control, and now you're, you, you're stuck with this cat, right? You know. Anyway, the reality is that some pain is within your control. In other words, you will have a choice between one type of pain or another. See, you can choose pain. You can choose your pain. Think of it this way. You can choose the pain of obeying your parents today or face the pain of consequences later, right? And all the parents that are listening just went, amen, right? Or you can choose the pain of living within your means today or choose the pain of battling a mountain of debt tomorrow. You can choose the pain of studying for the exam today or experience the pain of retaking the class later. You can choose your pain. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about choosing a certain type of pain. Our big decision we're going to look at today is this. I am choosing the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Okay, So what are we going to do? We are going to choose discipline over regret. See, we can have all different types of pain, okay, but we're going to choose that discipline over that pain of regret. So if you're taking notes, let's go ahead and get a, a working definition of discipline. Uh, because there, there, there's many out there. Uh, this is one of my favorites I've used for, for years. Uh, what is discipline is, I'm going to define it this way. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Okay, so what is discipline? It's choosing between what you want now and what you want most. In order to set this up, what I want to do is I want to look at some of the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. So if you, if you have an opportunity to get to Romans chapter 7, please do so now. Otherwise, you can just listen a little bit later here. Uh, it makes me feel so good to see Paul say what he says in Romans chapter 7. He, he almost sounds crazy when he's saying it. Okay, because now if you're you're new to church, or or maybe you're not a Christian, and this is the first time maybe even listen to this podcast, you may not know much about the Apostle Paul. So let me let me kind of give you just a little context. Okay, this was the guy who met the risen Christ. Christ was already dead and rose again. Paul experienced uh, this glorified Christ. He healed. He's healed of blindness. Is what I want to say. And Paul was caught up in this place called the third heaven. And Paul wrote almost a third of the New Testament. If there's anybody who had a spiritual ed edge Paul had it okay if there's anybody who should have been able to get it right it was Paul so in Romans chapter 7 Paul talks about how difficult it was to do the right thing his struggle to get it right makes makes me feel really good about myself okay because I often mess it up so big right we all mess up things pretty big and this is what he says in Romans 7 verse 15 he says I don't really understand myself for i want to do what is right but i don't do it instead i do what i hate now i want to pause there because the question is how many of you have done that before you might like well well i'm not sure what paul's getting at well let me let me put it this way okay maybe you've done this okay i can't believe i just ate that whole thing i didn't want to eat that whole thing but i ate that whole thing right? It's probably coming up here real soon. We're going to do the same thing during Thanksgiving. I didn't want to eat that whole turkey, but I ate that whole turkey, you know type of thing. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Okay. Then he goes on, look at verse 18 and 19. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. He, he sounds like there's no hope of, of what's going to happen, right? And I can't do this. I want to do what's wrong, right? I want, I, and then I do what's wrong. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I end up doing it anyway, you know? Then his tone changes, and he says, look at verse 24 and 25. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to him. What is he saying? He says, I want to do the right thing and I can't do it. I'm often ashamed that I didn't get it right. I feel so down on myself. I feel so embarrassed. You would, you would think by now that I could get this right and I don't get it right. Who could ever help me? And he says, thank God. The answer is not in me being better. It's not in me being stronger. The answer is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. And this is the key to our whole message today, that on our own, we are prone to, over time, making wrong decisions, right, or wrong choices. With the help of the power of Christ, he can enable us to choose not what we want now, but what we really want most. And with the help of Christ, we will choose discipline over regret. So I want to let Paul take us on a journey to do this because it's really fun to watch his growth as he learned to tap into the power of Christ and to live a more disciplined life, okay? This is the guy that says, I can't get it right, and watch how he progresses, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at 1 Corinthians, okay, chapter 9, and start with verses, uh, verse 24 is what we're going to look at, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, here's what it says. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Now pause there. He uses the metaphor of a race, right? Everyone wants to win, but only one person gets the prize. And what does Paul say? He says, so run to win, right? He says, run to win. See, when you're running, we're not running for second place, right? When you're running, you're running with, a bit of, with every bit of focus, intensity, intensity power that you have. You are running to win. You know Nobody wants to finish second, do they? Nobody ever runs and says, hey, I'm going to run today to finish second. You know? So I love this because this fires me up. And I'll tell you why. I love competition. I really do. There is something about competing with another person that brings life to, to a whole new level for me. Okay? For example, I played sports all through my life. I still will play to this day. Okay, if you ask me right now to go play some tackle football, I'm in. If you ask me to play some basketball, I'm in. Whatever sport, I'm in. in. Because but you know, I love to love to play sports. But the problem is, I always hated to run. And guess what? When you play sports for a team or an or, or organization, you have to condition. Okay. They you do practice and you do conditioning, which includes a lot of go guessed it. Running okay, and I always would be last in those drills because I hated to run, I, I really did. But if there was any competition to it, it didn't even have to be any kind of prize at the end for it. All someone had to do is say, Hey, let's race, and I would run like nobody has run before because I liked to win. Okay, by the way, um, you know, I, I'm a 6'4 guy, I weigh, um, we'll just say I weigh a lot, <laughs> and back in the day. Believe it or not, I actually ran a 4.5-second 40-yard dash, you know, which is pretty fast. Now, if you were to ask me now, I run a 40-second 4.5-yard dash, you know. uh, Things have changed. Uh, But that's why, anyway, overall, I like... I like to run to win. If I'm going to run, I'm going to do it to win, okay? And I I just like what Paul says run to win, you know, when he says that. Then he goes on and you can see how this is a really contagious uh, imagery. Look at verse 25, okay? And here's what he says. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. In other words, you know, you know, when your soccer team wins or whatever team you play for wins, what do you get? You get a cheap little plastic trophy, right? Uh, maybe a little blue ribbon. And if you're the best of the best, you know, like in the Olympics, you get a gold medal. And all that fades away. See we as Jesus followers though, what do we do it for? We do it for what? An eternal price. That's why we run to win. We're not doing it for some little trophy that passes away. We're doing it to honor and glorify the one who gave his life for us. That's why we do it. Everything we do, we work as it is unto the Lord, not for human masters or human, human um, em, employment or, or human gratification, but to glorify God. That's why we run to win with everything in us. I love the imagery that Paul's talking about when he said to his audience, run the race. They would have been thinking of the race known as the Isthmian Games. And that race was very popular with tremendous patriotic pride. Uh, it's basically not too different from the Olympics as we see it today. And what these athletes would do is they would go into a 10-month very strict training where they had no junk food, no alcohol, you know, no bad stuff for their body. They would expose themselves to extreme heat and extreme cold to shock and train their bodies and prepare for this race. And then the author to the Hebrews used the same imagery, and he said, you run the race that's marked out for you. And I love what this, what this author said. He said, let us strip off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He's saying that in this context of this race, uh, this is important because his audience would have known exactly what he was talking about. He said, let us strip off anything that hinders us from running to win. Let us take off any sin that entangles. When he said strip off for the race, everyone there would have known that's what the athletes did, okay? And if you think about this, it's, it's really kind of gross to kind of think about it. But what they would do is they would take their clothing off all of it so there would be nothing to slow them down they ran naked okay which gives you an entirely other big reason to run to win right if you really think about it okay see if i'm racing a bunch of naked men i'm gonna tell you right now i'm not coming in second I want to be in first. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm not staring at some naked guy's rear end the whole race. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Sorry we had to go there, but that's the truth of it. Okay. We're running to win. Okay. We're not running to win some earthly prize though. We are running to win a prize that will never spoil, perish, or fade. We are running to glorify our father in heaven. And that's why, and let me just kind of rant for a minute, when you come to church every week, what do you do? You should be coming with a prayerful expectation, okay? If I'm in, if you're in my shoes, okay, or if I'm in your shoes, vice versa, okay, I want to get there early. I want to to get up front. I, I'm, if I'm going to a game, right, if I'm going to a, some, some popular sports game, I want good seats. I want to be close to the action, okay? I want to be up front. I want to be early, and then I want to be prayerful because, God, I'm coming expecting to hear from you today. God, I'm coming to bring you a sacrifice of praise and worship today. God, I'm believing you're going to use me to impact a life today, and every time I'm running to win, I'm coming to the house of my God with an expectation, and he's going to speak to me, and I'm going to glorify him, and he's going to use me, and I'm going to encounter God. I'm hearing from God. I'm being transformed by his power and his presence, and I'm and I'm going to minister to someone else. I am serving God today. I'm here with a purpose, right? See, when you come in every week and you expect and believe that God will speak to you, I promise you, you'll hear from him in worship, Okay. You'll, you'll hear from him in a conversation. You, you will be different if you come in with that expectation, with that in mind, okay? Here, here's something else I learned over time, that, that your messages should always have a so what. In other words, what is the application? We're not just communicating knowledge, we're communicating knowledge that, that's transforming people's lives and that we can live out by the power of God, okay? So I've got two application questions for you today. There are some of you that because of this time and in this presence of God, the trajectory of your life will significantly change, okay? I promise there are some of you that this is a divine moment, okay? If you really adhere to what I'm about to ask you, what you're about to experience is an encounter with the Spirit of God, okay, and a truth that can literally change the trajectory of your life. So I hope you're ready, okay? My first question is this, what do you want most, what do you want most? What I want you to do is think about that. Okay. What do you want most in your life right now? You know, and don't tell me something, you know, really kind of stupid, like you want to win the lottery or you're going to divorce your husband and marry Channing Tatum or whatever his name is. Right. Cause you know, what I want you to do is give me something real here. Okay. Give me something godly here. What do you want most? Some of you might be, hey, you know what? You recognize it's your time to take Christ seriously. I want to get close to God. And for someone else, it could be it's time to get in better shape. You know, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to lose 20 pounds, something like that. For some of you, it's it's game on man. I'm paying off my credit tar- cards and I'm getting rid of my student loan debt. And this is this is going away. And for some of you, it might be your marriage, you know, w- you know, we're no longer going to tolerate average. We're no longer going to tolerate bad. We want intimacy. We want to honor God. Whatever it is, name what you want most. Now, be careful here because some of you are going to go, well, I want blah, 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 You know, I need to change a bunch of things because I'm undisciplined all my life. I need to quit smoking, doing crack, gambling, shooting people, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I Obviously, I exaggerated there a little bit, but, but just start with one. Okay, I understand we're all there Start with what you want most though And what happens is Once you start finding victory in that one area Guess what It becomes easier by the power of God To find victory in other areas Now second application question is this What do you need to choose now To achieve what you want most Okay, It's really simple What do you need to choose now Because we're disciplined people We really are So what do you need to choose now To achieve what you want most Because we're smart people you can figure this out. What do you want most? You say, I really want to be close to God. Okay. This is easy. So what are we going to choose? We choose a Bible reading plan or, uh, cause we're students of God's word. We do it together in community. We are, we are people who worship God in his house every single week. Church is not an option. It is a priority. We seek God first every single week. We're there early. We're prayerful. We're, we're serving. We're involved in community. We are people of Jesus who do life in life groups and small groups or with other people. We, we would never try to serve Jesus without the strength of the community, right? We know what to do. So what do you need to choose now? So you do that, okay? Maybe you're wanting to get in better shape. You know, maybe lose 20 pounds. So what do you do? You're going to join a gym perhaps get a trainer. You're going to get some advice on your diet. Then you're going to start to apply it. Why? Because you want something more and you're not going to settle for what you want now. Instead, you're going to choose what you want most. You may say, I want a great marriage. So what are you going to do? It's not and science, okay? If you're Christians, we might be praying together, right, as husband and wife. How would you, how would we expect spiritual intimacy without seeking spiritual intimacy? It might mean that you have a date night every week, you know, once a week. We need a couple of hours with no rugrats, having time to discuss things together. It might be you need more than a tweak. You know, guys think, wow, we just need a tweak. And the reality is you need an overhaul. We're inviting a third party in. We're inviting spiritual counsel in to counsel us, okay? Now, a lot of you might say, I want to get out of debt, so what do we do? Well, that's as easy as well. We, we join, we're going to join uh, maybe uh, a financial peace class, or we at our church, we offer more than money matters classes um, here. And, and so it's super easy, and you know, we're one night a week that, that you could join and be a part of that could change your life forever. And we're going to say, you know what, well, that's, that's hard, right? Well, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to take some work, and praying is awkward. Yeah, it can be. And going to counseling is expensive. Yeah, it is. But choose your pain, okay? Seriously, choose your pain. You can choose the pain of discipline or you will experience the pain of regret, okay? So what do you want most? And what do you need to choose now to achieve or experience what you want most? Let's let Paul guide us through this principle. So let's jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 26 and 27. He says, So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And you might be thinking right now, you know, Dan, you know what you're saying, it sounds really easy, but it's not because I'm not a, a disciplined person. So if that's what you're thinking, then the reality is you've missed the point entirely, okay? I am just like many of you. I am incredibly undisciplined. I love junk food. I love donuts. You set donuts for me, I'm going to eat them, right? going to eat them all maybe. I love to sleep in, okay? If my kids were fighting right now, I'd just like give them boxing gloves and say, go at it and tell me who wins, right? <laughs> I don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. And like anybody, I'm incredibly undisciplined. And that's why I have to run with purpose in every step. In other words, I have to say, Jesus, I need you here and I need you there and I need you in this moment. I need you in this moment. And what I hope you'll understand is that there is never a moment where I don't need Jesus. I need him all the time. Without him, I'm like Paul. I want to do what's right and I do what's wrong. I don't want to do what's wrong and I do what's wrong, right? Why? Because I need him every moment of every day. I need his power, I need his strength. I need him with me when I am weak and I need him when 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 most of all I can't do it things for myself, okay? I'm incredibly undisciplined. I have accountability in my life. Why? Because I need accountability in my life. I have structure in my life. Why? Because I need structure in my life and I have people who pray for me and ask me hard questions. Why? Because I need people to pray for me and ask me those hard questions. Every day I get up and I go through a list of uh, personal declarations, okay? And one of my declarations is this. It's very important to me. I say I'm disciplined, okay? Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Every word is important. I'm telling myself I'm disciplined, but not me. But Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. So this is so important, okay? This is what Paul said, I want to do what's right, but I can't. So who could help me? Christ is the one who could help me. Christ is the one who empowers me to choose what I want most over what I want now. It's Christ in me who leads me to choose discipline over regret. That's why I run the race. Now, here's what's really important. And don't miss this. What did you write down earlier? Or what is in the forefront of your mind about what you want most? Think about it. What do you want most? What do you need to choose now to achieve or experience what you want most? Here's the thing. If you do not do something now about what you want most, that will very likely become your greatest regret. Let me say that again. If you do not do something about now about what you want most, that will very likely become your greatest regret. See, I for one refuse to live with regrets, okay? Listen, you talk to anybody at the end of their life who's battling with regrets, it will change everything. I refuse to be the one who lives with those regrets. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. The bottom line is this. We all have a choice, right? We have a choice. That's why for some of you, today is the day it all changes. What are you doing? You're looking at it and saying, this is what I want, right? God is a redeeming God, and I run with purpose in every single step. As God is renewing the places that I trampled on, I would choose the path that always brings healing. See, I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm disciplined. And as a disciple with his power, we choose discipline over regret. Amen. That concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this series on I Choose, Making Wise Decisions, Making Better Decisions. Uh, And that hope continues on as we will close up uh, or wrap up our series next week when we finish off I choose. And then shortly after that, we will be go- jumping into our Christmas season, talking about traveling light. And so I hope you'll join us. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.